0: Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale.
1: It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. We are your hosts. She is Cheryl Knight, and I am Chuck G., and this is Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Network. Hello, Cheryl.
0: Hi, Chuck. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. So how would I do with Rick's spiel? Oh my did gosh, you, di-
0: you did so good, I thought you were Rick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I am Chuck G., which you'll be listening to in two hours on my show. Yes. So anyways, what I want to talk about really quick uh, before, I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just want to make sure that we mention that the show you are just listening to before is Dear Emmy. And she's on from 8 to 9 Eastern, right before Paranormal Underground Radio. So thank you, Dear Emmy. We also have a new show coming on. I like this guy's name. His name's Grandpa Peter Coyote. Uh, music and Medicine, he'll be on Saturdays, Saturday. Oh, it looks like Saturday and Thursday from 12 midnight to 3 a.m. So, I just like the guy 's name. I just want to say Grandpa Peter coyote <laughs> over and over and over. this is so cool. cool, you know what I mean, yeah, so we have a cool guest tonight. I see. We have a lady by the name of Eden Cross. She is a psychic medium and animal communicator, and this is the part I want to find out about because I 'm just starting to understand all the metaphysical stuff, like you know uh, um you know mediumship and psychics and all that stuff you know because i 'm a little uh light on that area but i'm learning mm-hmm. um thanks to my friend nancy laporta and, and other people uh but uh the animal communicator part that's the part i'm really interested in mm-hmm. um because i don't really know how you know how do you talk to animals they talk back the same way and that kind of stuff so i'm i'm, I'm gonna have like a million questions for this lady so
0: i can't I wait ready. that's gonna be awesome
1: i know so what is new in the life of cheryl knight Anything
0: oh good? my goodness <laughs> That's a big yes, question. A jump spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh I well lots of stuff. We have a great new magazine about to come out, our February issue. I don't have a published date yet, uh but hopefully in the first week of February mm-hmm. um you can visit paranormalunderground.net for the new issue or as we were excited to roll out last month, we are now we now have an app on Apple's Newsstand for those who have iPads, iPhones, and iPod touches. So that was pretty dang cool. Yep,
1: yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yep, yep, and dang um, cool. Yeah, actually,
1: I, was on, I was on iTunes and I saw that by the way. Oh, yeah, did you see? <laughs> it?
0: Was, was it pretty? What do you think? That
1: was cool. <laughs> I was like. Like, I'm just like going around because I was trying to find uh, Rick Spiel here so I could do it, you know, and make him proud of me. And then um, I was like, oh, look at that. There's a magazine. That is so cool. So, I mean, and I have a question about this too. Yeah. Are we going to eventually. You know, for people who don't have, you know, apples like myself, are we mm-hmm. eventually going to do, like, Android or Kindle or any other stuff? I you think we'll roll well, into yes. that? Well, yes,
0: yes, that's the plan. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we're just trying to no. get, still get this thing ironed out. I mean, it is up. <laughs> we're, we're just ironing out a, f- a few little things and, we'll, you know, give it a few months to get going. The ultimate plan is to get Paranormal Underground Magazine um, up with an app for, like you said, Android devices as well as... or um kindle yeah so that's i you know a little bit off in the in the future but we're really optimistic that that is going to happen
1: cool awesome so how's the weather about you by the way oh
0: my gosh it's beautiful it is it's beautiful today though got a little gloomy but i'm not complaining because it was you know right now i'm looking at my uh my thermometer, my my digital thermometer on my computer, mm-hmm. and it's 62 degrees out, and it's 608 here. So I'm not complaining mm-hmm. about a little, little gloomy weather. Yeah, but you're mm-hmm. you're buried in snow, snow, right? Aren't you? Oh uh,
1: yes, yeah. We had some, Well, we had a little uh, a mini blizzard uh, earlier today. <sighs> oh uh, snow everywhere. Now it's just kind of chilled, and but you know, wow. it was. It's been like in the 20s mm-hmm. plus. So that's like summer for us. Is We're it like okay? Going, Woohoo! Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> that is really cool.
1: It's I, all good, man. You
0: know. I I'm kind of jealous of your snow, but hey.
1: Why? Why are you jealous Well, of because snow? I don't get I don't snow? live
0: I I I don't get snow where I live, and so I want snow.
1: Well, we were talking about that too because I believe my wife saw um, somewhere I know she she showed me on her phone mm-hmm. where they made snow in California. Yes. So kids could could like sled. Oh yeah. I was like I was like why are they gonna make yeah. snow? We'll just ship them all of ours. They- they <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they they even make make about forty five minutes to, from uh, to an hour from here where I live, up in the mountains. Um, they uh, they may have to make snow sometimes in the winter because we don't get snow a lot of the time. So for the skiers so you- and stuff, they got to make the snow.
1: Yeah. So what the? Yeah. So what do you do for like Christmas? Do you like? Do they make snow for Christmas or do they have places where they go, you can come over here and feel the real feeling of Christmas with snow? They
0: do. They actually do that at at like Disneyland and I think, you know, a few other places they put up snowmakers and... Um, it's funny because at Christmas time there was this really cool house decorated up for Christmas, and they had two snow makers for the kids. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. just sh- snow would be shooting out of these things, and the kids would be dancing around all you know crazy. And, yeah.
1: Now they should they should come up with a machine that shoots sunlight and warm <laughs> so we could have it over here.
0: <laughs> that would be a good invention, Chuck. I think you should get on that.
1: I know, I'm telling you, a truck pulls up, and you're all frozen and everything, and you just go, whee, and all of a sudden, you know, hey, it's warm, everything's melted, I'm all good. It's like a giant yep. hair dryer, you know yep. what I mean?
0: Hey, that sounds pretty cool, I think, actually.
1: I think that would be a good idea, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so here I am, I'm going to be doing, Um, I'm I'm so excited about doing the Big Brother Show. I don't know why, by the way, why am I the Little Sister Show? Can I be like the Little Brother Show? Because my show's afterwards. Can I just be like the yes, Little Brother instead the, of the Little Sister? you're the Little Brother. Oh yes, thank gosh. I mean, you know, I mean not nothing against women. Don't get me wrong, don't ever make it angry and start sending me bad emails. <laughs> do you now. feel
0: do you feel strange being called the little sister?
1: <laughs> yeah. It feels a little awkward.
0: <laughs> All right. You're our new, now you're now our little brother show.
1: Yes. So little brother is now in charge of Big Brother show. I know. I <laughs> is that weird?
0: How did that happen? By the way, we do miss Rick and Karen and we are yes. grateful that Chuck is here in their place. And they will return next week, but until then, it's all yours, Chuck.
1: You have to, yeah, to get <laughs> up with me for a while. Um, you know, I'm just, sorry about that. And Karen, I do wish that you feel. I'm going to send you all my best thoughts that you feel better. Yes. So right now, I'm doing it. and I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm doing it. And then, um, and and then Rick, as far as groundhog, Rick groundhogs groundhogs, wherever you're doing, <laughs> good luck, buddy. Good luck with that.
0: Is he catching Funny, a groundhog? Uh, what is he doing? Catching a groundhog? I don't know. Or what's, what's I, I don't,
1: I, I'm the slightest idea. I, I saw something on I Facebook. So. They were in the snow, all smiling. I don't And there's something about groundhog, but... I think it's uh, a festival about,
0: or something like that. Well,
1: well, what's the deal, isn't it? If the groundhog sees its shadow, it's six... Is it six more... <laughs> I should say six more months of winter.
0: Yeah, six more months. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. I <laughs> six more myself. weeks. Yeah, six more weeks. And if, of, it, and if yeah. it doesn't see its shadow, then we're all good? Is that the deal, right? I think so. But, you know, every time I see it, like when they they show it on TV, he Mm -hmm. always sees a shadow. So, I mean, has he ever not seen a shadow? Probably.
0: Probably. I I don't know when, but.
1: Maybe not in my life. I
0: should know this stuff. I love that movie, Groundhog Day. That is, like, the best movie ever.
1: Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. It keeps going over and over. (laughs) I have days like that sometimes. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I have days like that sometimes. Oh, yeah. I wish they would just end. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So, I'm, I'm really, uh, and I was, I was doing my homework on, on. Hopefully, she'll be proud of me. I was doing my homework on, um, hang on, clairvoyance mm-hmm. and all this. I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the words right, so she doesn't yell at me. Good. I did clairvoyance, which uh, basically is the French word meaning clear and vision. Look at that clear vision. Wow. Am I good or Look what? at you. And yeah. Then I, and then, and then there was like, and now, so tell me if I'm saying this right. I don't know. Maybe. So it's. Clairaudient, mm-hmm. I think that's correct. Yes. Clairascendent. Sendent, is that uh, how it is? I've
0: heard it clairsentient, I, okay. I think. Sentient, sure. yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think
1: Clair I apologize. sentient, and clairvoyance. Which yeah. means that you can, she can hear, see, and feel like all the six senses. Yes. So, um, yeah, so good. So, there we go. We're done with the show. Have a nice time. Bye-bye.
0: That's <laughs> no, all you need to know.
1: That's no. all you need to know. Good No, night. it's not. Uh, no. So, I mean, I was trying to do my homework a little bit, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I don't look like a boob, when I'm talking to her. So, but I'm sure I'll still look like a boob. But that's, <laughs> like, yeah. eh, that's quite all right. But, anyways, so yeah, so I'm 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 doing on that, and there's also a thing about um, I think th- I don't know if I had it in my my information. Did you say that she worked with the police departments too? is that correct or mean, she right?
0: did yeah she um I believe okay. has worked with the police on several murder cases, so I'm really interested to hear how the if she can talk about it I'm sure a little bit she can how that process works and what exactly she she does or did in conjunction with the police investigation uh,
1: so you can't hear my pen. It's going right now because I'm writing all that down. Oh. <laughs> Worked with the police department. I knew it was, but I I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know yeah. if it was in my notes or not. So okay. Yeah, and, and so, Eden man,
0: uh, also was mentored by Hans Holzer. Holzer, excuse me. Um, and um, so I'm so excited to hear about that and how that. I know. You know what what well, the I process was. I love that guy. Like, I
1: yeah. I, got a, I, got, I have his book Ghosts right in my room. It's like this giant like encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, besides a book, it's a really good weapon. <laughs> like really big and heavy
2: <laughs> yes. but, I mean I have
1: that and then I also got on like eight books and I got um, this like uh, they had like when they, they they sold one of his first editions Life After Death mm-hmm. um, from Britain and, it was, and I got the first edition and it's like it's it's near mint and it came mm-hmm. with like all these letters that he mm-hmm. had wrote from his actual desk with envelopes and little wow. clips from the paper and yeah it was really
0: oh, cool, cool.
1: I, gave, I gave one to Rick and I think he cried oh. just a bit when I gave it
0: to yeah, him yeah I bet he did
1: yes he did he was <laughs> hugging me and everything he was my buddy <laughs> so anyways uh, well I guess what we'll do now is we're going to cool. take a little break All righty. and then when we come back it'll not just be me because Cheryl's going to take a little break it'll be Eden Cross so mm-hmm. uh, we'll be right back this is Paranormal Underground Radio I'm Chuck G on the Hazy Network
0: Hi this is Cheryl Knight editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine and I'm Chad Wilson Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher Every month, Paranormal Underground magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit paranormalunderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price.
1: Hi, I'm Chuck G. Come join me on my new show called In the Dark Radio. From topics such as ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, and more, this is a show you don't want to miss. So stay tuned right here on the Hazy Network from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, right after Paranormal Underground. And let's keep the radio rolling.
2: Everyone, it's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. Each week, we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So, please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on hazyradionetwork.com. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
1: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG.
2: Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
0: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on
1: your favorite social networking site today.
3: This is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network.
2: The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only.
1: Hello. You are back with Paranormal Ground Radio. I am Chuck G filling in for the ailing Karen Fraser, the ailing, the alien, not alien Karen Fraser, <laughs> and Rick Hale. Sorry about that. And I have my guest with me, Miss Eden Cross. Hello evening, Eden. How are you?
3: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing okay. You know, I'm I'm filling in tonight for this show. And I know after this, I go to my show for another hour. So you know, I'm doing good. So, so you'll be chatting. Are you ready tonight? for? Yeah, are you ready to do some Chatty stuff, some Chatty Cathy? Are you going to be Chatty Cathy for me or Chatty Eden?
3: I'll try to be Chatty Eden. <laughs> I used to have a okay. Chatty Cathy doll.
1: But that Did was you cool. really? I remember <laughs> I that.
3: <laughs> yeah, you do? Me
1: too. Uh-huh. Yes, we are now dating ourselves on air. Okay. So, anyways, totally. um, so here's what I want to do. I want to, I, at least from my aspect, I like to talk to people as far as who you are as a person first, kind of go back a little bit. Um, then we'll work forward to, uh, the mediumship and animal communicator and all the other stuff. Is that okay? Sounds Does cool. Does that work for you? All right, cool. Yeah. So I see, first of all, um, can you kind of tell me, I guess, which is the, I guess, stapled standard question, <laughs> when did you first find out, you know, you had your gifts? When did it first become apparent to you, uh, and what what kind of happened to make you aware of that? Uh,
3: well, um, that's a good question. I, I think I really consciously became aware of it uh, like 20 years ago Um and I'm not going to tell you how old I was then, because <laughs> then I'd really be dating myself. Oh, dear God. But, um, when I, you know, when I was a child, um, I didn't know any different, you know. So mm-hmm. whatever I knew or could feel or see or hear, um, I just thought everybody else could. And so when I was really little and I, I started seeing people who everybody else had weren't there, you know, and then they, like, sent me to a shrink because <laughs> they thought I was... Really, you know, going out on a limb here. And, right. uh, so I, I learned to be quiet and, and to stuff it and to hide it, uh, for the most part, um, for a long, long time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, I didn't really know what I could do. I mean, I sort of knew a little bit, but I didn't really know. And, um, I was very fortunate to have mentors when I was very young, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and they, they could see certain things about me, but they really didn't know fully either. And so they sort of nurtured me and gave me a lot of um, helpful advice and information and grounding um, um, that that really helped me when actually when I turned forty, and it, it hit me big time. And it really, it really for me, what started it was, and the reason that I, I've gone into animal communication so strongly is right. that. Uh, I got two dogs for my birthday, which I'd wanted for 20 years. (laughs) Um, That's another story. But anyway, so I got these puppies, and they were brother and sister, and one of them was very sad, and I didn't know why. It was terribly, I just felt this tremendous hole in his his heart and in his gut, and I didn't know why because he was so young. Why would he feel that way? And uh, 20 years ago, people were not really talking about animal communication, but I found a book about it, and as it were, it um, was the right thing, I guess. There was a woman who came to a metaphysical store in my area and was lecturing on animal communication, and long story short, uh, she said if there were enough of us, she would give uh, a class, and we all ended up, there were 25 of us, who ended up taking her classes for three months, um, mm-hmm. and then and that's what started me with, with seeing that not only was I able to do animal communication, but I was getting so much more than anybody else um, that I actually scared myself. <laughs> and now well, that's I'll let interesting you talk.
1: Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. That's fine. I, I you want I'll listen to you. They wanna listen to you. They won't listen to me. But anyways, that's interesting because so. So, in essence, you're saying that when you first picked up on your gifts, it was more towards the animal side of things than the people side of things? Would that be a correct statement? Or,
3: Yeah. Well, you know, when, when I was a kid, actually, I grew up living in haunted houses a lot of the time. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I did I, I did see and, and hear an awful lot uh, that had to do with people. Um, and although we had a lot of pets, and I was very tuned into them. Again, you know, I didn't... I didn't really understand what my gifts were so to me everything was normal and ordinary and but then I learned that you know if I told people they would think that I was weird so as I said mm-hmm. I learned to to hide um but I also could never and I still at times have great difficulty comprehending what it is that is different about me versus someone else? In other words, what they don't know. Even when I'm driving in a car, if I know a car around me is going to do something, um, mm. I now work really hard to be able to tell that person who's driving, if it's not me, ahead of time. So, you know, because I don't realize all the time that they don't know it already.
1: Right, you and it was interesting thing. yeah, right, exactly, and like, so you said that let's go back just a bit, you said that you had always lived in like haunted homes, you know, homes that were mm-hmm. haunted, mm-hmm. so you 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 I'm assuming, picked up on the stuff, did like your did your parents did your family you know, did they also notice that the houses, the homes were haunted or was it just you that knew it and kind of just kept it to yourself or did you? Because I know you were saying like, you know, telling, you know, outsiders, they would kind of think, hey, you're a little kooky or whatever. But I mean, how did your family kind of un- understand it? Did they accept it or did they feel the same way? And then go back to the question about the haunted homes. Did they pick it up too or was it something you just picked up?
3: Right. Well, it was interesting because um... years later, of course, I, I asked my mother and my father about certain things. And um for instance the first apartment that I really recollect living in that I really, you know, am aware of living in, uh, that was haunted when I was quite young, um, I guess I was like six, something like that. Uh mm-hmm. well actually it was before then, there was another one before then and, and my mother said that in that other one before that, that she smelled like uh, the smell it kept smelling the smell of fresh earth like a grave you, you know that had been uh opened to dug for somebody
4: right. uh yeah.
3: and um that freaked her out and so she tried to ignore it and i don't remember anything really in that apartment because i was so young uh, but when we moved to another one, that's when um, they finally sent me to a shrink because I there were two things. I was terrified of going into my bathroom. I shared one with my brother, uh, who was six almost six years younger than I. And I wouldn't go in there to you know take a bath or brush my teeth or anything because I was so afraid of. My parents kept saying, "What's the matter?" and I kept saying, "There's this lady in the bathtub. You know, she was dead." I mean, I Mm -hmm. kept seeing her laying in the bathtub dead. It seems like she drowned, and and she may have killed herself. I don't really know. Um, I know that I just was terrified and did everything I could not to go in there. And, of course, the shrink kept saying that I was just afraid to take a shower. I didn't want to lose my dirt or some stupid (laughs) thing like that. Oh, my God.
4: Yeah, I
3: might... parents were thinking you know what are we going to do with this little girl and then i i had friends who weren't weren't also not there they they didn't see but i had spirit friends um and and again i learned to keep my mouth shut and mm-hmm. uh the so the woman scared me but my friends didn't scare me and that was really i guess my first recollection of of my being able to see spirits um mm-hmm. and hear them and so forth but uh when we moved to a house in Pennsylvania and and my parents didn't um, my parents never agreed that that apartment was haunted for them you know they just couldn't deal with that thought okay. and my father was very psychic um, my mother was and is psychic as well mm-hmm. uh, and i understand that my father's mother was, and um, they used to make fun of it or, or, you know, sort of brush it off and ignore mm-hmm. it, and so they used it as intuitive guidance sometimes without really consciously registering it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but I was thinking about this tonight, knowing that we were going to talk about it as I was driving home, and I was thinking, this is really interesting. My mother, although she didn't talk Uh, she didn't talk out loud for many years about my being psychic or her or anybody else. She didn't want to accept that for a long time. Uh, Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, she used to do things to get me to utilize my, let's say, intuition, uh, Mm -hmm. all the time. And so obviously she knew even, you know, subconsciously and was really trying to hone that aspect of, of my ability uh, just to be able to uh pick something up and not see it, have it wrapped in, you know, be in an envelope or wrapped in wrapping paper or something, and to tell mm-hmm. what it was before I would open it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next house we moved into was very haunted. It was very evil. It was haunted by a number of, of very strange uh spirits mm-hmm. that were not very happy, any of them. And it was a very scary place. And once we moved out of that house, my father said that he thought he'd never get out of there alive, which I thought was kind of wild for him to say and never have done anything about it. Yeah. And that—that's where Hans Holzer, the, parasy- the late parapsychologist Hans Holzer, comes into my life. Right. With with regard to that house.
1: Yeah, because I saw I saw you. It's, it was in your teens when you um. Yeah. Uh we kinda got mentored by him and British healer, uh, Lily Cornford too, I think it was. So Right.
3: Um, right. That's interesting. Um yeah, we we were trying to get Hans to come out and, and uh get rid of the ghosts in our house. Our house is mm-hmm. almost two hundred years old. And um in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is, you know, one of the, the hearts of the United States of haunted houses and and uh you know, haunted areas. Mm-hmm. And um he never did come until uh, well. He, he I, I became very good friends with him, and I used to visit him all the time, and he was just wonderful uh, to me, and and was very helpful to me for for many years. So I guess I met him when I was probably like uh, fourteen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I and mean, unfortunately, he was trying to teach me how to get rid of the ghosts, but uh, at that point, I really wasn't able to. It didn't didn't work for me.
1: So then, how did you? Um, so then. Uh so let's just move forward a little then so then then you became uh, you know, like when you had like you said with your dog obviously you became aware uh, that you could sense things with them uh, did, so I, I guess because I'm trying to understand you know how you communicate with an animal you know because I was talking with my wife about it and I was like you know <laughs> do they I mean do they think the same as we do I mean I understand that they have feelings and they can sense things because I've had I've had pets now since I was a child you know but I mean what goes into it, what goes into the thought process when you're speaking to an animal versus when you're speaking to a person? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, it's very different. And, but some of it is, is similar in that, uh, and not talking to, okay, there are different things that we're sort of mixing together right now here. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if I'm, Te- telepathically communicating with an animal, whether it's in spirit or in body, mm-hmm. it's it's different from speaking to them actually verbally face-to-face, so to speak. Right. Um, and so, when I when I'm talking to an animal when I'm talking to an animal telepathically, what I'm doing is the same thing as when I'm talking to and listening to a human being in spirit, let's say. I'm okay. I'm asking questions, you know, in English just normally, and mm-hmm. perhaps even thinking, you know, trying to visualize something in particular uh, if I if I want if I need to. But mm-hmm. then I'm letting go and trying to be a blank slate so that they can give me their information. They can send me, you know, I can pick up their feelings. Uh, I can pick right. up uh, thoughts. Um, words, they, you know, they do send words too. They'll send oh. sometimes sentences. Really? Okay. And animals are, are really amazing and some are as intelligent as some human beings and some are as dumb as other human beings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, some are as silly or as, as, uh, mean spirited sometimes. There aren't as many mean spirited animals really, um, mm-hmm. as there are humans. But, um, yeah, and they, they don't of course animals being a different species things that are important right. to an animal and to various different kinds of animals very different from what's important to a human being but survival is probably the first and foremost and that is the same i think in in every species pretty much mm-hmm. survival right. of 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 yourself your being mm-hmm. uh and then beyond that you know they they don't understand words, whether they speak English, Spanish, French, whatever, they don't understand them like we do in the same way, but they learn to understand words and pass them on to, to myself and, and others who can do what I can do um, and with meaning attached to them because when we think something and we're going to say it, whether we're saying it and thinking it to about an animal or a human being, we, in most cases, will have a picture an image that goes with that thought or feeling or word mm-hmm. as well as a feeling that goes with it. So animals being telepathic pick all of that up and they start wow. to understand what these things mean to us, what we're passing on to them. So if, for instance, in your understanding of life, an orange was really a football or something, and you call mm-hmm. this orange a football, they would call it a football, but they would see it as an orange and as something you could eat. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. they would understand it based on what you're giving them, what input right. you're giving them. Right. You're giving and, the
1: terminology to something and then they're picking up that terminology yeah. and, and and attaching it to that. Gotcha. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's it is really cool. I mean, they do, you know, say a lot of times when they do or don't like someone, they'll describe those people. They'll show me images of the people or different things and they'll let me know um how they feel about certain things. Uh there was a, a bird, a parrot that I read a couple months ago who was telling me that a, another parrot, an African gray, had been in, in his household, and he said that he was a bad and a mean bird. Oh and I thought gosh. that was so odd that he knew that. Well, and yeah. he didn't like him at all, and the bird is gone. Apparently, he picked that up from his mom, his uh, human mom. Wow. Who, yeah, who, who agreed that's... that that bird was not a nice bird and had been wow. uh, had been sent to another home a few months before. <laughs>
1: Well, we're on the uh, telepathic, uh, you know, the thought process of what you're talking about. Uh, Chad had a question from Chad. He, he, now, he was asking, do you think people such as the dog whisperer, Cesar, Milan, uh-huh. have a psychic connection with the pets they work with?
3: You know, it's a good question. I think that they do, um, to a certain degree. I don't know how much they understand that aspect. So I would I would say, you know, intuition psychic ability sensitivity yes um mm. definitely uh but they work from a a very different um perspective let's say mm. than i do mm. um and they're they're doing people like like uh, the horse whisperer Susan Milan, the dog whisperer and such they're really training in an animal, so they may also be tuning in. They may not even be completely aware of all that they pick up. They may very well pick up uh, fears and upset and, and different kinds of things that they intuit beyond the behavior that the animal exhibits,
4: mm-hmm.
3: which may be what makes them so especially good at what they do. Because usually, you know, I mean, that's what I, as an interior designer, which I am full-time, that's really okay. how I earn my living, that's how come I'm as good at what I do, because I, I can pull that those feelings from people and really understand them on a deeper level, and yet for years I didn't understand why I knew, you know, certain things. So I, I yes. Right. <laughs> the answer now, is yes.
1: Okay. And then, so, I have, here's another question. If... Like you know do, all right so you can you communicate with them on a kind of a different level than most humans do, because you know each right. person that has an animal is usually connected to it with some kind of bond with it they love it, they want to take care of it, um you know um mm-hmm. do we all have that in us you know as as far as what you have, or is it like you you know like like do you have more than what we have, you know what I mean, as far as you were just gifted yeah. with this from birth, you know what I'm saying, does that make sense
3: right, yeah, um okay, yes. And and no and yes and all this stuff. The the deal <laughs> is this. <laughs> the deal is this. All mm-hmm. humans, all all of us uh, souls who who choose to to live a, a human life, a life in body on Earth, mm-hmm. have a certain amount of a psychic ability. Let's say or sensitivity, intuition, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, call it Harry, right. whatever it is, we have it. It just like we're all, most of us, able to speak, to hold pens and pencils in our hand and draw things, play instruments, but not, and sing and so forth. But not all of us, most of us, let's say, are not very talented in a lot of those areas, okay? Mm -hmm. We don't have as much, whatever it is, fairy dust in that particular area of our, our abilities. But somebody else does. So, in other words, we can all pick up a pen and and draw a stick figure, Mm -hmm. you know. But whether or not we can flesh it out and make it look like a real person or dog or whatever, you know, everybody else has has different levels of of talent in that area. So, yeah, everybody is intuitive or sensitive or psychic to a certain degree, telepathic, and I would say that the proof of the pudding in that respect would really be if you have a a relative, a friend, a family member, a spouse, whatever, whom you are very close with, especially when you live with people. A lot of times people will say, oh, you just read my mind. I wanted to go out and have Chinese food, and here you brought it home. Or <laughs> you just said the same thing. Or, <laughs> you know, yeah, we both yeah. decided we wanted to go to the movies tonight, whatever it is, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah,
1: yeah, I do it with my wife, and, yeah, gotcha.
3: Yeah. And so many people do that, and especially married, you know, people living together, whatever, and that is the same kind of thing. That's like the dog says or the cat says, you know, in their head, oh, they really want a treat, and they envision what that treat or that cookie or whatever it is, is what it looks like, and... You know, you're giving it to them or where it is that they know that it, it is and that you're giving it to them. And suddenly you have this feeling like you should give your, you know, pet a treat and <laughs> you don't know that maybe the idea actually, you know, started with them or take gotcha. them on a walk or okay. do various things, you see? And vice versa, so, yeah. people often say to me, you know, oh, my dog always knows when I'm going to take him for a walk or take her because they run to the door before I even say anything. Well, mm-hmm. duh, they're telepathic and they know, you know, they pick up on it and, and they know what it is. So they're like, hey, I'm psyched. I'm ready. You
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Bring on the treats.
3: Yeah. yeah I yeah. know how
1: this, too, because sometimes I feel hungry and then my wife senses that. And then she goes and makes yeah. dinner. It's just kind of yeah. the same thing, right? Okay. Yeah, right. Sure.
3: Exactly. It's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. But, you know, it's funny because yes. a lot of people will say things to me like, oh, you know, you 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 know, you got these gifts and you're so weird and all that. And I go, you know what? My nephew is like this extraordinary artist, you know? I mean, he did 18 drawings in Jay-Z's new book, Decoded, and all this stuff. And I said, I, you know, don't have one iota of his talent. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I can draw a little more than a stick figure, but, you know, I'm not great. You know, he can do that. I can do what I do. You know, I have friends who are amazing musicians. <laughs> I can't play an instrument. So, yeah, you know, everybody's right. got different gifts.
1: Everybody's got their different gifts. That's just different that a Different levels of,
3: of ability in those different areas of, of life.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I yes. see that you, um, I was looking at some of your bio, and I see that, do you teach classes to people on, like, um, uh, a new animal, person, or child coming into the family—that kind of stuff. Do you do classes for people on how to kind of work with their pets and such?
3: I haven't really done a lot in the way of classes at this point. Um, I'm contemplating doing that. I've lectured, of course. I've done a lot of lecturing, and um, uh, you know, and, and that type of thing. And then uh, mm-hmm. I talk to you know a lot of my clients who I do readings for. Um, you know, if they're having a new baby, or you know, God forbid, somebody's. Died or, you know, having a divorce or whatever about right. how to deal with that or bringing in new critters, um, in a home with, uh, existing <laughs> critters.
1: <laughs> critters, I like that, yeah.
3: Yeah, 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 the operative word. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I want to tell people, I mean, there's so many things that I, I love to tell people, but, you know, the other thing is every, they, many people do say that absolutely everything has, has intelligence. Um, I know that it's, you know, sometimes difficult to think that stones and, you know, rocks and dirt do, but certainly everything that is in existence is, is made up of energy of atoms and electrons and protons and neutrons and all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm not that good with quantum physics and physics as it is. But um, what is very interesting is that all living beings that we would, most of us human beings would consider living like insects and animals and, and of course all other humans and so forth, that mm-hmm. we are all to certain degrees sentient beings, meaning we all have feelings and you know, physical feelings and, and, and other. And um I've actually communicated a little bit with um uh, insects as well. So Really? Yeah, yeah. Which is is really very interesting. I haven't done a lot of it, but I've done some um, sort of accidentally, um, uh-huh. and I at first thought that you know again that I was I must be making this up. I must be crazy, <laughs> but you know it, it's fascinating. And if you if you want to know, I'll tell you a, a really quick story about that.
1: Yes, please, please
3: do. Um, but when I was studying in, in first animal communication some twenty years ago. Um, you know, and I was coming home and reading my own dogs and friends, dogs and neighbors, animals and cats and stuff. Uh, and one night, um, my dog's water dish was empty. I mean, yeah. And no, I'm sorry. I thought it was empty and I went to fill it and I Mm -hmm. bent down and that's when I saw an ant, that, a carpenter ant, you know, large one yeah, in the water bowl. And I thought it was dead. And I said, oh man, that's awful because I like to take insects outside. I, you know, I capture them and I, I put them outside and I bless them and, you know, let them go their way. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I, I got this little guy or girl out of a water dish and put it on the tile on my floor in the kitchen and I thought, oh, it's dead, you know, I feel so badly for it. And all of a sudden it like shook its little body and, you know, its little antennas and stuff. And... So I was sitting there on the floor looking at this thing, and maybe it was looking at me, who knows what it was mm-hmm. exactly doing. And I felt this wave of emotion, and I don't even know how to describe it, just wash over me to the point where I was crying. I mean, tears literally were just streaming down my face. And wow. I'm sitting there, almost like having an out-of-body experience, saying, good God, what, what am I doing? I must be out of my <laughs> mind. But I'm crying right. and I'm feeling this incredible feeling like relief. And I said, it feels like the ant is sending me this feeling or I'm picking up this feeling of it's being relieved that it's alive. Mm-hmm. So that next time that I went to class, I, I asked my teacher, Bibi Daniels, um, who's an animal communicator and a wonderful teacher. Mm-hmm. And she said that she had never communicated with an insect but she didn't know why we couldn't. And to her, it sounded like, you know, that was absolutely what I was picking up on. Wow. You know, and since then, I've had a few other sort of, you know, situations with spiders and, you know, a few other insects that I've right. rescued. Not all of them, but some that, you know, was really, really cool. And I've never really stopped long enough to really focus and try, you know, more. Mm-hmm. I
1: haven't had, it right. Um. All right. Well, we, we have, there's a question in chat. It's kind of, you know, like you were talking about the end, you thought it was dead and you know, you know, it wasn't and stuff. So I'm just kind of flowing through this one, but um, yeah. do you believe in reincarnation? And if so, do you think that uh, we can reincarnate as animals or are animals and human spirits separate? You know what I mean? It's like, we can, come, can we come back as a dog or a cat uh, versus a, a person again? And, uh, you know, if you believe in reincarnation, to be with.
3: Absolutely. I believe in reincarnation. I think I'd have to be an idiot not to, especially knowing what I know and doing what I do. Right. Um, definitely. And, uh, Yes. Animals do uh, have, I mean, people, how do I say it? Human souls have and continue to reincarnate at times as as animals. Um, I don't know that an animal has ever actually been able to reincarnate as a human being. I don't know that that would happen.
4: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: I am not the knower of all things. So I don't really know why I haven't really delved into that, but I, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really believe that for a long time. Uh, you know, and I, I thought people were making it up. Um, you know, and I'm really like against all of that. I mean, I'm really into, you know, teaching people what to look for so that they understand when someone is the real deal and when somebody's making stuff up. And so I kept Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, you know, this is bogus, but, um, when i read one of my dogs uh you know that that when i was studying um he actually told me and described uh a lifetime that he had that i i just never i i could not have imagined for my little yorkshire terrier who at that time was probably a year old
4: mm-hmm. a
3: year and a half when he told me that he had been a german man during world war 2 that he was married and had a daughter and they all were taken to one of the death camps. I don't know if oh. his wife and his daughter were killed. He survived <clears throat> and had terrible survivor's guilt. Um, and some of the issues that he really suffered from in this lifetime were because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read a number of animals who were human in their last lives, and oddly enough, mostly dogs. I don't even know that I've read any cats yet that have reincarnated, but um, animals that actually, uh, in two cases, were the spouse, the male spouse, of Mm -hmm. the female clients that I have here in this lifetime that I read. And dogs passed over, and I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just amazing unbelievable
1: yeah because there was um, a question in, in chat like from that says i was once told that dogs can come back to their owners in different bodies
3: yeah and, and yeah. you
1: think about that and you're kind of answering that question and when way, sort of
3: yeah yeah it's very true and, and there are some uh, facebook pages devoted to that and and you know a lot of people i i don't do specific um animal reincarnation readings i read animals and if they tell me that if I pick that up from them, you know, I give mm-hmm. my clients all that information. Um, so, but I don't specialize in that aspect.
1: Yeah, so you could have like a husband and a wife and say the husband passes on and then he's reincarnated to, into a dog and then the wife happens to feel, well, I need some companionship because I lost my husband and gets this dog and it could actually be her husband.
3: Yeah, I actually read a Doberman... Um, Oh, gosh, a few months ago, and a woman came to me as an emergency, she was upset because her dog has um, epileptic fits, really bad mm-hmm. epilepsy. And she wanted to know why, and she also wanted to know why he insists on pulling all the leaves off of her indoor plants. He doesn't eat them, but he pulls them off. <laughs> so <laughs> These are the two, but, you know, the main thing was the the epilepsy. Why yeah. is he having these fits? So, mm-hmm. long story short, I did the reading, and... The dog told me that he was her, her late husband, who had died mm-hmm. like 20-some-odd years before. She's now remarried, and that he, and, and one of the things that she said when I did this reading, what he, he was saying something about, you know, hating plants, and she said that that husband of hers always hated houseplants. So really? that's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, that was, to me, like, amazing, because I, I ask people not to tell me anything. I mean, ask me questions, but to try not to tell me, because I don't like to think about anything when I do a reading. I just like to have a clear head or, right. or ask specific questions, but I don't want to know anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, when she told me that, I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is pretty mm-hmm. obvious then. Um <laughs>
1: And you shared it with her? I mean, you told her that this is... I
3: shared it with her, and now she insists that, in all likelihood, he really was another relationship that she had. She's decided that he wasn't that husband. He was giving me information and sharing it about having been this, this husband of hers who, if that is the case, it was my understanding that, part of what he was frustrated with, what he said to me and he said to her, I didn't know that it would be this difficult when I came back because apparently he had always said he wanted to come back as one of her dogs because she took such amazing care of them and loved them so much. And then here he did come back as a dog, but he didn't understand that he wouldn't have the vocal cords to speak to her and the hands (laughs) to be able to write with. So he couldn't communicate right. to her who he was, who he is, and so he's having all these fits, epileptic fits, because he's, well, like, all messed up inside. you see? It's well, I mean, just, duh.
1: Oh, I mean, beautiful. you're your dog, you know you're not going to have, like, you know. <laughs> you think Well, you know, he you're didn't gonna... think it through. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently not. Yeah. It was like, I'm not going to have an appendable thumbs, you know what I mean? It's right. like, hello, you're a dog, you know what I mean?
4: Right. Right. It's terrible. Oh, that's just
1: crazy. But she didn't accept that it was her husband that you said it was. She 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 just adopted the thought that it was another boyfriend or something well, else. Well, at first she lifetime. was telling
3: me these things that coincided with what he said that, you know, that he never liked the houseplants and that he always wanted to come back as her one of her dogs and all of that. And then later on, she, you know, came back to me like a week or so later. No, no, it has to be somebody else. It can't be him. And, you know, a lot of people are so closed-minded, they may be open-minded enough to talk to a psychic or a psychic medium, but they may not be open-minded enough to accept things that, information that comes that, is you know is not altered right um because in their mind it can't be
4: well, that's, in their I
3: mind mean, they've just determined that and it's what's painful to me as a psychic medium as animal communicator in this instance is that mm-hmm. when I give people information from their animals or from their loved ones who were in uh, humans right. um, if they don't realize this information and then act on it or or just honor the fact that they've gotten it, it's Mm -hmm. very um, disheartening because the animal or the human soul is trying to impart this information and have their loved one understand. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like you're saying to somebody, but I just handed you a fruit and it's called a banana, and they're insisting that it couldn't be because they know bananas, you know, they don't like them or they, you know, this can't be, it has to be an apple.
1: Well, that's silly. I mean, why, why come to someone like you if they really believe that you do what you do and uh, have faith in you? Then why would they come and ask you these questions and then you tell them the answers? And they go, you know, I don't really like that, you know, Eden. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of change it a little bit here to fit whatever I want to feel or, or what I feel yeah. more comfortable with believing. You know what I mean? That just doesn't make any sense. So it's very frustrating. Here it is. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So we're, at the, we're, at, we're just at the top of the hour. So what we'll do right now is we're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back, and I'm going to pick your mind some more. Is that okay? Is that all right with you? Cool. All right, awesome. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break then, um, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio. I am Chuck G. on the Hazy Network.
2: Hey, this is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, the Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit dancingwiththeafterlife.com. Thank you.
1: This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
3: Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network.
1: Hello, welcome back. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm your host for this evening, Chuck G, filling in for Karen and Rick. And my, we're on the Hazy Network, and my guest tonight is Eden Cross. Are you still with me, Eden, or did you go home?
3: <laughs>
1: I'm here. <laughs> oh, you scared me for a minute. You're really quiet. and I thought maybe I lost you there. So we were talking about we were. It was like you're all quiet. I'm like going, oh no, she left. My I
3: wanted own. you to read my mind. Come on, Chuck. Oh,
1: no, I'm 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 sorry. I'm so bad at that. You know, I'm, just, I'm not. I'm not you, Eden. I'm sorry. But anyways, we were talking about animals and such. Um, there was one other question. I think I wanted to try to get to if I can see it real quick here. Um, oh, this is a cool question. So. Do you do we choose to come back as a dog or animal when we are reincarnated, and why would we choose to go from a human to a dog? So, in other words, do you, do you feel that we have that choice, or is it just something that is put forth by a, a, a higher power or something?
3: No, we have that choice. We have that free will. We have free will in body and in spirit. Okay. Um That's sort of part of an agreement to our having Separated from the one which we can call God or Spirit or whatever we want to
1: call, mm-hmm. okay. if
3: we believe in that, okay. Um, which I do. So yes, absolutely, and um, a, a lot of times people will will cross over and will reincarnate um, back to this lifetime as an animal for reasons like one, uh, they want they want to have another experience on Earth. But they want safety, in other words, like that man who had died in his previous lifetime um, in Germany, had been living in, you know, concentration camp, lost his family, was so devastated, felt it was important for his soul development to Mm -hmm. come back and and experience at least one other lifetime, probably many more on -hmm. this planet, so... You know, he decided that he wanted to come back and feel safer and more taken care of as a, a very coddled and, and loved animal. You know, yeah, a pet. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that was Not that's funny because an they mentioned and they mentioned that in chat too. It says the question was, so do we choose that because it's a simpler life? And you're saying yes, we can choose that. For yes, that reason.
3: we may also choose it to experience um, a lifetime uh, as a uh, as a different. Species of being mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. planet, you know, and that t- really takes us into a whole other other area, which is for you know another time uh, discussion. But mm-hmm. but just I'll touch briefly on it. Um, I mean, if in fact you do believe, such as I do, that one of the things that we do when we're in spirit and when we're in body on Earth in a human mm-hmm. form or animal form is to certainly in human form is to work on our soul development because if, in fact, we believe that the ultimate is uh, and the whole purpose in in a lifetime is to become perfected, and once we reach that state of perfection again, that's when we merge once again with the one, with all, with God, with the universe, Mm -hmm. with whatever we want to understand that as. And so if, in fact, we believe that way, then part of our raison d'etre, our reason for being, is to develop ourselves and perfect ourselves over millennia, over over so many lifetimes and so forth. Well, the only way to obtain certain kinds of living and lessons... Um, are, is to be in body as opposed to be in spirit. And some people mm-hmm. believe also to be, you know, having other lifetimes on other planets and stars and so forth, but not getting into that right now. So if, in fact, that's the case, and we believe that way, then if you choose to come back as an animal, then you may be choosing it so that you can, one, feel safer and experience that kind of lifetime and do good, in that form as right. as that kind of being on earth right. or you also may be doing it so that you can experience another lifetime during the the continual li- continued lifetime of your spouse that you really want to be with again and you don't want to stay in spirit and wait for them
4: mm-hmm.
3: so you may come back um or, or they may have reincarnated. I mean, there was a, a woman whose dog I read. Uh, the dog had just died within that week, and she was. And she'd gone to like two or three other mediums and animal communicators and so forth, and everybody was like reading her dog. And so she came to me hysterical and I didn't know other people had read her dog at that point. Anyway, mm-hmm. and I did a reading and the dog was telling me and I was seeing him as this man and I described him and he was had a British accent. I mean, this whole thing, I didn't see, see what he was wearing and so forth. who so he had been before and that he had been her, you know, a recent um, uh, spouse or, you know, a, a love or something. And other... People had read the same kind of thing, um, and he had come back to help her in this lifetime, but then it was time for him to go again, and so, you know, he left. So yeah. it may All have right. been, you see, that, that she reincarnated, and he was still in spirit and didn't want to stay in spirit without her, so he came okay. back. And
1: So here's a, here's one on left field for you, because once t- typed in the chat, I have to ask this question, so just bear with Uh-oh. me. Don't think I'm crazy. Okay, so <laughs> this is from left field, as they call it. Can we reincarnate as we deem an alien or an extraterrestrial? Can we, can we, do you know if we can do that? You know, if there's other life forms out there besides what's here?
3: Okay. No, well, I, I, okay. My, I, again, I'm not the arbiter of all this. I'm not the person who knows everything. And I don't know that there is one person who knows everything. What, um, and certainly, people who deal with the alien thing would perhaps know more than I would about it, but my take okay. on that yes. would be that if in fact that was an experience that one wanted to have or felt was needed, or that your one 's teachers in spirit felt mm-hmm. that for your soul development that was something that you additionally needed then i would I would imagine that we would tend to go to that star or that planet or that galaxy where that what we consider an alien being, which really isn't an Mm. alien being but a being from another solar system or time frame, you know, warp or whatever, would be that we would go there. As a matter of fact, my mentor who was the very revered Lily Cornford, a British Mm -hmm. healer when she crossed over, after a, a little bit of time, she went to a start where, I don't know, my first experience with something like that and with her coming back in a different form and a different uh, energy and so forth that really was um, mind-altering to me. It was mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I don't believe, in other words, that we would come back as that what we would consider an alien being like a Martian or whatever oh. on the planet Earth.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. We
3: might come and visit if we were capable of that and it was appropriate. Right. We might mm-hmm. come visit this planet. But, you know, that's that's my take and my understanding.
1: I appreciate that. So now I have a question. We were you were trying to tell me on when we were on break. Um and I didn't really catch the whole question, so just bear with me. I'm gonna to try to fish out what we were what you were saying. um it's like if i had if i if you knew someone I knew and then maybe I passed away,' it's something to do with music, and can you explain what you were trying to to get at with me? yeah on that? yeah, like, okay, yeah, thank you one of thank the
3: coolest you. things that 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 happens that I really think is really neat for me is that. Um for instance, uh let me see if I can explain this to you okay a okay. friend of of my father's was married to somebody who he divorced, let's say forty years ago, a long time ago. um I'm really not mm-hmm. that old, but it sounds like I am, but anyway, <laughs> uh, oh God, but a long, long time ago and um and I hadn't talked to uh to her to his ex wife in like forty years, let's say and all of a sudden i started hearing a song i started hearing this song that was from a broadway play that i had seen when i was 15 called no no nanette it was a revival when i saw it um and this man's ex-wife he was an actor He's, he's crossed it over now but she's still alive and at that time she had been a dancer on Broadway, and she was in No, No, Nanette. And I had gone to see it with my grandmother.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, four, forty years later, or four, whatever, I'm hearing the song, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know anybody in spirit who would be playing this song. I do get a lot of music from from people in spirit, from my um, uh, guardian angel, and from spirit guides, and from others. So. Mm-hmm. I started hearing the song and um what happens to me if that happens is I know that it's somebody that I'm connected to in some way and I may not know who they are. So I try to start figuring it out because if I don't figure out who they are and get a message to them or to somebody somehow, uh I'll keep hearing that music on and off for days and weeks sometimes. It's, it can drive you crazy. Really? So, long story short, it's just uh-huh. awful. And so I had I said, It's gotta be Jill, it's got to be this woman. So I called her up, and she is in, in uh, California.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: I called her, and I said, listen, there's something happening with, with Uncle Phil, her ex-husband. And she said, why? And I told her. And she said, well, you know, he's had this heart problem and all this stuff because she's still friends with him. She was still friends with him before he passed. And she said, but but no, it's not anything to do with him. And I explained to her what was happening and she said well if I come up with anything I'll let you know and she hung up the phone and I thought well maybe it has to do with him and she just didn't know and the music stopped and I thought oh phew everything's okay and I'm still working on you know whatever interior design stuff for another client Mm -hmm. and suddenly I start hearing the music again and I'm hearing it on and off all day and all evening and I'm about to go crazy and I say to my husband (laughs) what can I do who the heck is it And he doesn't Mm -hmm. know, you know, he's going, I don't know, you know, and I'm just going nuts. Next morning, I get a phone call from her from California. She Mm -hmm. goes, I know why you're hearing that song. I said, why? She said, I'm sorry I didn't tell you yesterday. Now I'm going, oh, great. Thanks a lot. Well, thank God you're calling today. Okay. She said, my sister's husband. I said, I didn't know you had a sister. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Turns out she has two sisters. She said, my sister's husband just died a week ago. Mm -hmm. And she's really obviously still very upset about it. And that song has to do with him. And I said, well, how come? And she said, well, long story short... When I was in the play on Broadway, you know, they have oftentimes they'll take a a road company out. They'll put the show on the road and they'll go to Chicago and, you know, Baltimore and all over the country and they'll do the play as well. She Mm -hmm. said when they did the road company, my sister went out as a dancer in that. And they came back to New York for a vacation when she was off and her husband got a ticket from a parking, you know, a traffic ticket in New York yeah. because he went to pick her up at the apartment and he thought it would be funny to honk the horn going, no, no, na, na, da, 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 You know, but <laughs> he's hearing it in his head, right? And the cop is wow. standing outside and hearing him hit the horn. He's just hearing, you know, noise, and it's illegal to honk your horn in New York City unless <laughs> right. you
4: know
3: you're an right. emergency vehicle. So uh-huh. he gave him a ticket. So the guy went to court, and he told the judge. And he said, Judge, you can't, because my wife, she was in the play, and I went to pick her up, and I thought it was funny. And the judge said, Look, you know what? You gave me a great laugh for today. I'm really happy about it, but you still have to pay the ticket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't even get <laughs> that's out of it. That's what it was.
3: <laughs> it was Danny. It was her husband. And that way he could get to me, so I could get to Jill so she could tell me that it was her sister and asked me to, have to do a reading for her sister, that she would have me do a reading, and I did a reading, and it was Danny. And ever since wow. then, that's one of the main songs that, when he comes <laughs> back to me, he'll play.
1: Well, that's a great oh. story because it just shows how we're all connected, you know. It's just... Yeah. It's too bad didn't to get out of the ticket, though, you know. I mean, that was kind of... You thought for sure you were just going to say, hey, I let know. him go.
3: <laughs> I know. Well the judge oh, just you gosh. know couldn't get into that aspect of All right.
1: it. All oh, right. Well so now I have a question I have a question on my my end personally that I want to know about. Um I had read Ooh. that I had read that um uh-huh. you can communicate with people who are who are alive that are in a coma. Uh-huh. Can you
0: Hi everybody, we're okay. back on the air. Sorry hey, for the, that We're little... back
1: again. You lost everybody. <laughs>
0: Hi, so oh, we're, we're back. Are. We're back on the but air. You didn't like so me anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I hung up on you. I was done with you.
0: All right, I'm just going to say I apologize. That was an internet interruption on my end. Please proceed okay. with the interview.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we're gonna let's let's trail back to where it is. Did you get my question about uh, people yeah. in a coma? Okay, so yeah. if you could kind of elaborate on that, that would be great.
3: Sure. Um, actually. Uh, a zillion years ago an old school friend of mine called me and we were talking and she said she her daughter was in uh, high school was very upset because she had a a little girlfriend who was like 15 who had been in a car accident was in a coma and everybody was worried that she was going to die and wanted her to live so um i connected with her and she told me she was coming home and and this whole thing and uh so i said wow you know that's pretty amazing and then she did live and she did come home and so forth and so on um Mm -hmm. so i thought that was you know great but i i really didn't think about doing it again and then a a very good friend of ours um a business friend actually that we'd known for many years um was dying was was taken extremely ill and i actually was really sick as heck with the flu i had a a bad fever
4: Uh
3: and uh she was in hospital and went into a coma, and I needed to to read her, so I did. I started reading her in coma, and um, finding out what she, you know, what she wanted and so forth. And I was telling her family, and it was really amazing because she was showing me. I mean, it was you know amazing, it cool. She was showing me uh, photographs that the family had brought in. She was telling me she was calling herself Sandra. And um, I always knew her for 30 years as Sandy. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, my God, that's so weird, you know. And I I mentioned it to her daughter. And her daughter said, well, the nurses here call her Sandra because that's what's on her chart. So, you know, yeah, yeah. And at one point, she actually let me see from her point of view when she was in the operating room. And they operated, they did brain surgery on her. Um, she was up on the ceiling, out of body. She was, you know, doing uh, um, astral projection. Mm-hmm. And um, and she didn't quite know what was going on. But I was able to see also what she saw. And I was able to see the surgeon and describe the surgeon. And then I was able to describe the Porsche that he drives.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
3: <laughs> and, and her daughter was just, you know, floored. Uh, and I was, as I said, I was telling them uh, different things that were on the walls that they had brought into her room and what they would say to her and all this stuff. But she, it was, it was heartbreaking for me. And it was very difficult because she didn't want to go on. And she heard what they were saying, of course, um mm-hmm. in her room. And what the doctors said that, you know, if she did come out of it, she would in all likelihood be a vegetable, so to speak. And she was a really beautiful, vibrant, um, like 65 year old woman or a little bit younger. And she said, there's no way that I'm going to sit in a wheelchair and drool on myself. She Mm. said, I do not want to come back. And, um, so my, my guides in spirit have always taught me not to, not to edit and not to change or alter anything that I get from spirit, so to speak, or Mm. from, you know, what the work that I do. But there are a few times when I do have to – I feel like I have to hold back. I didn't feel like I could tell the family. Right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah,
1: I can I can yeah. understand that, you know, because – Oh,
3: my God. Um, God yeah, that so, was really
1: so, tough. So after that one, have you done any more? You try to stay away from that end of it? Uh, I mean, because I know it's got to be really hard, you know what I mean? Like you well, saying. I
3: haven't done any more, um, and not because I, I'm not willing to but it's it's been at up to now difficult because I haven't found a a medical doctor, or a neurologist, or someone who's working with a patient who's in coma um who would you know at this point believe what I do and would consider talking to the family and asking them if they would be interested um, so you know I definitely am am happy to do that. I actually was real really thinking recently. Uh, that when I have a chance, I want to get a hold of some people, uh, who are involved with, um, severely autistic people, whether Mm they're adults or children, to see what information I might be able to get from them. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, there, there wouldn't be a reason why I couldn't, I might not understand it if it's scrambled information. Mm-hmm. But whatever information I'm getting, I'd be able to give. So,
1: yeah, I um, think that would be great. I mean, be able to share with the the parents yeah. because they can't get that information the normal means. You know what I mean? So by you doing right. that, you're just you're just adding uh, a, a pushable experience to you know their already their connection already with their children. You know, I think that or you know or loved one. You know, so right? I, think that's really I mean, good. one
3: would hope, and and yeah. one of the things that that you know that I really stress is what they call evidential mediumship, you know, giving evidence that proves that you're actually communicating with the animal, the spirit, that, or, you know, the, the live human, whoever that you really are. In other words, information that there would be no way that you would know
1: mm-hmm.
3: if you weren't actually communicating with that specific being.
1: Right, Exactly. That's interesting. So, yeah. All right, so let's move forward a little bit. I want to talk about also working with the, uh, uh, you, you did work with the police department on a few things. Is that correct?
3: Well, I can't say in all honesty that I worked with the police department in some, um, in one in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with um, one of the family members and gave okay. information to the sheriff's department um, that they were able to use um, in various ways. Um, Mm -hmm. but then another time, uh, actually we had a serial killer in, in the area in uh, South of where I live and, um, the FBI came in and so forth and so on. And I was, I knew a detective who knew some of the FBI agents. So I was trying to give them information and see if they Mm -hmm. would listen to, you know, and then he had me working on some cold cases.
1: Gotcha. And do you get that same like, you know, we always see it on in movies and, you know, whatever, you know, if you're a a psychic or a medium and you're trying to work at the police department, they're not really believing what you're saying or, you know, because I've seen like I've seen things where uh, you will give out information to them and it will be uh valuable information, and it's dead-on information, you know, and then they're like, all oh, mm-hmm. for it, you know, but then otherwise they don't want to really admit to the fact that they got the information from you or that they're willing to admit that mm-hmm. they believe what you do. I mean, do you get that feeling, too? Or? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's really difficult. I mean, in, in the instance with the cold cases, um, unfortunately, the detective who is um, the parent of somebody that I know very well uh, understands what I do from years of my knowing this other person and, and proving that, you know, uh, with family members and stuff what, what I can do. Um, mm-hmm. but he was, uh, promoted before we had a chance to really, you know, finish working on these cold cases. So, mm-hmm. so they went cold again. But, um, in one instance, um, when I was getting information for someone that I know personally whose aunt was, um, was missing. And presumed murdered or presumed dead uh, mm-hmm. at the time, and I got a tremendous amount of information. What I found out was that you know the police department doesn't like to deal with people like me a lot of the time because they don't always know if you're for real or not, and and how good the information is. Now, really, it should just be the same exact thing as dealing with anybody who's giving information, whether they're a psychic medium or not, because they have to follow up every lead that they get. And they feel they waste a lot of time and effort and money if it's bogus or whatever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know until you follow
1: the lead. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you just said it right there. It's like, well, if you're giving them a lead where they, they believe it's right or wrong, that's their job. You know what I mean? They're supposed to right. check all leads. So you're right. a lead. So you right. know, what's the difference, you know?
3: Well, so, I yeah. I was like yelling at this guy. And I, <laughs> I finally, I got really mad. And I said, you know, it took me like three days to find somebody to talk to about this case. I mm-hmm. said, it's a really hot case right now. And it's my friend's you know, aunt and her mother's sister, and I said, you know, by God, you're going to listen to this, and I'm going to fax you, (laughs) you know, like six pages of stuff that she told me, and you're going to listen to it because I'm telling you you need to because this is all true. The problem is, and here lies, herein lies the rub, or the problem with getting any information, whether it's about your animals that are living or deceased or humans or whatever it is, When Mm -hmm. we are giving information that is not factual, okay, that's not based on scientific or mathematical or whatever it is, hard core material evidence, Mm -hmm. most people are not willing, especially in the field of, you know, police work and so forth, are not willing to accept that for all kinds of reasons, when one of them is that for so many years, it's been drummed into our heads that we have to use our intellect, that we have to use our thinking mind, that we mm-hmm. can't go on gut feeling and intuition. So what happens as a psychic or psychic medium is that we obtain information that oftentimes can be symbolic. And Mm -hmm. it's trying to decipher that. It's like breaking a code, for goodness sakes, with spies and, you know, that kind of thing in the army and the military. And, you know, there are all these things that come that are cryptic, that are encoded or in different ways. And if you look back in in history, look back over the course of time with Native Americans and with, with other primitive cultures and different things, signs and symbols, even with all of our ancestors if you or someone else were to look back uh their grandparents their great grandparents and great great and keep going back Mm
4: -hmm. and they
3: were able to get this information the kind of information i'm talking about would be that their family members would say oh yes you know these are the symbols and the signs and the omens that we go by you know like a hundred years ago, if you were able to travel back in time, you would find that those things like the raven flying over the house at noon and da-da-da, it means that somebody's going to come by and give them money, and it happens.
4: Right.
3: You know, okay, well, we used to be more connected to spirit, and we used to be more connected to the earth, so we were more intuitive. Mm -hmm. All of those kinds of things. Nowadays, the fact that we're not is a detriment to our being able to progress in ways that we need to because we've gotten too materialistic, too materially minded, and Mm -hmm. we negate those aspects of life that are really critical to understanding so much more beyond just the norm. Um, And so, for instance... When I was doing the readings and I was writing and and some spirits write through my hand, I do also automatic writing. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. that, Yeah, uh as I do that, I'm awake and aware. I never go into a trance, so I hear them, I see them, I feel them, and I get this information. At the same time, it comes through my Mm -hmm. hand, too. So one of the things that she was saying to me, which is just amazing to me, she was talking about um, alligators, and about, um, what, what I deem to be alligators. And also, um, oh, uh, what, what? Yeah. Well, I think that's the first thing, really. And something about a, a watch and a clock. And the thing is that her, her niece said that, yes, she's a gator. You know, she lived in Florida and right. was a big gator fan and the whole thing. And she had a lot of alligator, like, statuary and things in the back of her house. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so we're thinking, all right, well, that's certainly, you know, we're tuning in. That's really her. But then I also saw a part of a body. I saw parts of of her body, you know, having been chopped up, being put into different garbage bags and things like that. And I won't go into some of the gruesome details, but I saw an arm. I saw a hand that went up to the elbow, and there was a a wristwatch on it, and there was a Mm -hmm. ring on it. Mm Mm-hmm and it was thrown into this body of water that I described. I described where it was. It turns out that the car that she had has a tracking system in it. It's a Lexus, or uh-huh. it was a Lexus, and they were able to track it, and it, it went to an area that is similar to what I was describing, um, and there were... uh there were little, like, uh, watering holes on this area, in this area that was like, kind of like farmland, and there was fresh water, and I kept saying that she'll, you'll find her body in spring water. It's spring water. It's not, you know, brackish, and it's not ocean water, and that kind of thing. It's fresh.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And I saw this wrist in the wristwatch and all this. So I described the wristwatch, and my friend said, my, Aunt, my two aunts and my mother all bought the same watch. It's a Gucci watch. It's gold. It looks like a bracelet. And that, you know, was the watch that I kept seeing.
4: Mm-hmm. They couldn't
3: find her jewelry that had been on her when she had come home. And um, long story short, when they finally found the vehicle roughly where I had said it was, I didn't know the street, but in the area, you know, that had been further south and all this stuff. And they didn't find the body or body parts where I was describing, although they, they found that area and they know where it is, and I don't know if what I saw that she showed me really happened there or not, but I kept seeing this wrist and I kept seeing the watch and I kept seeing the alligator or crocodile or whatever. Uh-huh. And something to do, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you, was Captain Hook. Oh. with peter okay, pan yeah, yeah. okay okay peter pan captain hook a crocodile the crocodile ate the hand off of captain hook you know and he was terrified of the crocodile and there was the the tick tock of the clock all the time
4: mm-hmm.
3: well eventually what happened is they did find the guy who was their stepson who was um uh psychotic he was um uh oh gosh what's the schizophrenic and he was off his medicines and he had sworn to kill her and the police said they couldn't do anything until (laughs) until she got killed right right they couldn't do anything about it when she did go missing when all of these other things happened and they went looking for her and she was missing for like two weeks or three weeks um they finally found, it was just incredible, they found the guy and he was trying to leave town. He was just actually getting a cab and he was, he had a bag and he was leaving. So they grabbed him and they put him in jail, but they needed more evidence. They needed something to be able to connect him with her murder. And they couldn't find anything. And I said, she's telling me a Geiger counter. She's showing me saying Geiger counter, but sh- I don't think that's what it is. She's showing me what looks like a metal detector on -hmm. a beach. I said, you've got to look. You've got to look again. You must look. And, you know, I know that there's something that's hidden and stuff that he has, whatever. They went back. They pulled out the duffel bag from their whatever evidence room, and they went through everything in there. Well, he had one of those false-bottomed cans of, like, deodorant, and in it they found her watch, her ring, all her jewelry. Okay. They were able to hold him. They found three bags with her body parts in them, in fresh water, but not like a spring. But they had, we had had an unusual amount of rain at that time,
4: mm-hmm. and he
3: had he had cut up her body, put it in these bags, stuffed it in one of those like huge round concrete um, whatever they are tubes or something that they put in drainage pipes so that they put in where there's runoff water. And right. apparently behind, um oh gosh, what is it, behind this, um I think it was like Publix and, and you know, supermarket and a whole bunch of things, there was mm-hmm. this big area. And he must have thought that her body would rot or that alligators would get it. And that's what he must have said to her and or thought. And so she was picking that up and telling me in part about that as well. And what happened is, with the rains, it washed the bags into this this area, which was all fresh rainwater. Mm-hmm. And that's where her, you know, that's where she was found. Wow. There was much a- more. I mean, there was an amazing amount of information that she sent.
1: Well, that's a, so, I mean, that's amazing in itself. I mean, and it's yeah. like, 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 when you were saying earlier, like, um, well, you know, nowadays everybody relies too much on the uh, materialistic things. You know, like we have okay. DNA, we have all this kind of stuff. I mean, right. in the old days, and I'll go back and date myself. In the old days, you know, they, right. they the police worked on hunches and and their, right. their, their gut feelings and stuff like that. And yep. um, it, it, it should be no different now, just because those things are still here. It's sort of like I'm an investigator, and even though I use tools of the Trade when I go to investigate supposed uh, haunted locations or, or things mm-hmm. that are happening, the first thing we rely on is our bodies and how we feel and I mean that's right the on. most important tool you know what I mean that's our most important yep. tool and then, and then we use the then we'll use the uh, I guess mer- mer- materialistic or whatever the tools of the trades mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. actually help add what we're already feeling you know what i mean you know it's not the vice versa the other way around so i think uh, i have to commend you on you know that fact that you know you do this and 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 can pick up on the stuff and and share this you know and i think that it would just be wise for them on their part to uh, probably pay attention a little bit more to you know what you have to say or you know what mediums in general have to say you know so right that's very interesting and then you were telling me with the automatic writing just real quick because um, we knew, I know we have to wrap up pretty soon. But with the, the the automatic writing, you know, like in movies and stuff, they always say, oh, well, no, when they're doing it, it's like the spirit's taking your hand and doing the writing. Are you doing the writing and it's just coming through to you and you're picking it up and you're writing it down? Or is it the actual uh, entity mm-hmm. that's writing it? You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, the handwriting for me, my handwriting changes. And um, there have been times in the past I haven't done done a lot of it recently where it's been painful, but there have been times in the past when the spirit that took my hand either never did before or hadn't hold, held a, a pen or a pencil for so many years or thousands of years or something, and they they didn't know how to do it, and my my hand would contort, and oh my gosh, afterwards it would be killing me because mm-hmm. they you know sometimes they would squeeze it and do these weird things and hold the pen differently and <laughs> oh my god and the writing it's really very interesting how how oftentimes how much it changes
1: yeah right yeah okay well we're, we're we've gotten to the point where now i have to let you go and i don't want to because you're such an interesting lady um <laughs> but uh i i do want you to um this is a the part of the hour i guess where you can Share forth information like websites uh, mm-hmm. where the, people can find out more about you or the things that you do. I mean, I know that one of them was I think you, um, is there where you give out 10% of each reading to a nonprofit groups like, you know, Second Chance Rescue, stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so go ahead and promote away. Promote yourself.
3: Oh, thank you. Cool. Well, You're um, at present, at present time, um, I am not able to do my spirit work full time because um, I still am earning my living as an interior designer. So that's a little bit frustrating for me. But I, so far, I do have a Facebook page. Um, I don't have a website, but I may, I, I hope to be able to do one by sometime later this year. Anyway, my Facebook page is my name, Eden Cross, uh, and then a comma. Animal Communicator, so Eden Cross Animal Communicator, and you'll find that on Facebook. Um, there's all kinds of information. This uh, um, this interview will, will be on it. There'll be a link to this. There are links to other things. I was on TV in and Jacksonville, and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and if you're interested, and that's really just my animal work, but if you're interested in being on my email list, you can just let me know. And I will let you know then when I have my website up, which will be um, my psychic medium work as well. And yes, I give 10% of every reading, if it's an animal reading, to uh, non-profit animal groups that do all kinds of wonderful things for animals. Uh, And if it's for a human soul... Uh, or a human in coma or whatever, then I give 10% to nonprofit groups. Right now I'm doing a lot of food banks and, and things for children like backpacks and, you know, clothing and, and stuff like that to help, you know, mm. homeless children and, and children who need, need um, other assistance. Um, and uh, I, I definitely love to give back as much as possible. Right the other thing is that um as i said i i i'm thinking about doing more um in in terms of teaching and not so much teaching somebody to be an animal communicator i think what's really important i mean if you want to be then you know look for a teacher who who teaches that is really good at it hopefully but i think you know what's really important for all of us as human beings in our in our human development and our our own soul development is to be the best that we can be and by tuning into our higher selves and our spiritual or um, spirit-minded uh, essence, then you know we're really able to glean more important information about us and and the world that we occupy and the spirit world that we all come from and share in. And so I I think that to be more in tune, uh, more sensitive is really the way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh and we can share so much more with other people that way. And we're right. best animal friends.
1: Well said, Miss Cross. Well said. <laughs> I should say Mrs. Cross. Um well you know I wanna tell you that it was a real it was a real pleasure to uh talk with you. Oh, thank you. Um uh, you're well. a very delightful lady, um and you just filled my brain with so much stuff and I'm gonna have to like filter it all out, you know, because you know at my age my brain only can hold so much, you know what I mean? So I gotta start <laughs> sifting through the data. <laughs> And putting it wherever I gotta put it. But um I, I appreciate you uh coming on the show, you know, and me being thank the you. uh temporary host, you know, for the evening, uh okay. putting up with me and all my crazy questions. But um hopefully you'll you'll come back cool. again to the show and then you'll get to talk to uh Karen and Rick and you won't have to hear me. I'm I'm usually on after these guys. So um I just wanna uh, thank you and wish you to have a very good evening.
3: Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for, for being here. You were a wonderful um interviewer and host and uh right, thank you. And if I can ever help you out on your other show and talk about ghosts and different things, um, I seem to be a, a font of, of crazy knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, fascinating, different yes, knowledge. <laughs> I will
1: take you up on that. Thank you very much, Eden. Uh, thank you. All right. You have a good night.
3: Good care. And good All night, right. everybody. Many blessings. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Oh, hello, Cheryl. Are you there now?
0: Hi. Yeah. I'm Hi.
1: Hi. Hi, I just want to say
0: thank you to to Eden because that was <laughs> <laughs> that was fascinating discussion, and um, I I actually can't wait to listen to the show over again, um, mm-hmm. just to process it more. And sometimes I'm doing this and that with the with the audio, but I, I, it was great discussion. Thank you for an- a- answering all of our questions, and I oh, hope sure. you can come back again. I really do. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. You know what? Oh. I'm really please that you ask these kinds of
3: questions because um really what i'm first and foremost all about is mm-hmm. is is teaching is spreading information and and enlightening people if if mm-hmm. they if it resonates with them let's put it that right.
0: way mm-hmm. exactly you know yeah and well so, you know it's great that's outstanding we love that around here and i'm going to actually <laughs> be emailing you here soon to Um, ask you if you would be interested in doing something for the magazine so
3: cool yeah 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 i just saw that on the on the website i hadn't had a chance to really look uh before you know i get Mm -hmm. carried away with other stuff and whatever but yeah i'd love to look at that and see and and you know please do you know keep me in mind if i can you know help you in any way and you know give more information at some point or
1: oh sure i'll have whatever. you on my show i'll drag you on my show.
3: yeah Aww, i'm thinking about doing webinars or something you know i don't really know yet
1: right. i don't know
3: how i'm going to approach what i'm doing i'm talking to some people about a tv show maybe or i don't know it's it's really all about how do i help more people and animals mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then be able to earn a living you know and pay my bills so yeah that's you know, I hear you. Yeah. But yeah, you know, most important is is the other part of it too. Yeah.
4: Well,
1: thank, thank you. you so thank much,
4: you guys. And
3: I really, right, we'll I
0: really loved being interviewed by you. Thank you, you were great.
3: <laughs>
1: thank you, and we'll talk to you yeah. soon. All
0: right, and thank you, right. Cheryl. You're we th- are welcome. Thank you, and we will definitely talk, we'll talk soon. To you guys, soon. All okay, bye bye, bye bye.
1: So, Cheryl, do you have anything to share as far as the end of the show, such as magazine information and such?
0: I do. I do. I just want to let everyone know that we have an interview next week, and that is February 6th. We rescheduled from a couple weeks ago. We had a guest who had to reschedule, and he's going to come on next week and talk with us. His name is Nate Raderman. He is the founder of Tri-City Research and Investigation of the Paranormal, also known as TRIP Paranormal. So we'll be talking to him next week. And then again, I just want to say real quick, our January issues online at... Paranormalunderground.net. It's called Paranormal Underground Magazine. So check us out there or on the Apple Newsstand. And I think that really for me, that's it. But why don't you tell us about your upcoming show this evening? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, next, uh, after this beautiful show, Paranormal Grand Radio, you'll be coming to my house, for In the Dark Radio, where I'm going to have an hour with the lovely and amazing trans medium Nancy Laporta once again. Unfortunately, I had Jill Stefko set up. We're going to talk about Geff, the talking mongoose, but unfortunately she is under the weather, as mostly everyone is. At yeah. Mountain. What's so, going uh, on? you know, um, I wish her the best, and I hope she gets better so she can come on, because I still want to talk about Gaff the Talking Mangos. So we, you're not out of it, Jill, just because you're sick, <laughs> cause you still have to come back. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, you know, uh, Nancy was more than gracious to come and uh, fill the half hour with me, and I'll just let her... We'll just talk about whatever we want to talk about.
0: Yeah, basically. that's going to so be So it's cool. going to be
1: kind of very... Well, you know, I never say really loose show, because everybody knows that my desk is full of notes, but <laughs> this will kind of be kind of like just... You know, just going here and there and just talk about whatever we want to talk about. And uh, so, yeah, so the just next hour coming up, you guys got to stick mm-hmm. around because you got you to gotta listen to me. <laughs> you have to listen to me for another hour. Oh, we love listening to you. By the way,
0: since we have a few yes. minutes, I'm just going to ask. I noticed this sure. link on, on Facebook earlier today. Did you hear how, do you remember that Bigfoot hoax back, you know, five years ago well in 2008 or around there where the two guys like had a big foot in their freezer and they had this huge yeah. press and re- anyway was- it was a big hoax it turned out <laughs> to be well this right. guy apparently one of the guys has showed up again and says he really this time has a, has a real dead Bigfoot and I'm thinking yeah. why in the world does he think like are we that gullible are we going to believe him the second time around when he <laughs> admitted to a hoax the first time I know it wasn't the first what time the was it,
1: like a Bigfoot costume, it was a costume. like that
0: yeah it was a costume and what's funny is I was looking at the photos and the costume from before was mm-hmm. way more convincing than the costume I see now <laughs> So, he's well, going backwards. Like you're
1: going to go, okay, I just killed the Bigfoot to come check it out. I need to throw a costume in a freezer. Okay. Do you think that any scientist or anyone that has a brain is going to fall for that? I mean, wouldn't you think you'd try to make it look real or smelly or, well, I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand where I he's know. coming from with this. And now he's going to go, I'm going to do it again. And well, we're going to see how many people blame me again.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll admit the first time he had me, he reeled me in real good. And I was like yeah. buying it hook, line, and sinker. But mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Like, no. Well,
1: that's as bad as the, <laughs> that was bad as the guy that I was, was talking about on my show where he said that Bigfoot came and ate my pizza. <laughs> so <laughs> what? He, I'm try- he ate my <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Remember? Yeah, they were talking about that at work. They were laughing about that. You were talking about Bigfoot's, and some guy said he had, like, pizzas, and Bigfoot was eating his pizzas, and I'm like, well, yeah. He, Bigfoot what needs he to eat. And What the heck? I don't know. I mean, maybe he put a pizza on, like, a hook and a chain and threw it out in the backyard and figured he'd reel them in with a pizza or something like that. Yeah. And really, and really what, what kind of pizza does Bigfoot like? Does he like sausage? Does he like pepperoni? I mean, how do you know? No, he likes anchovies you like to answer why because it's fish yeah because he likes just seems like
0: a big foot type food i don't know
1: and i don't understand how people would even believe that and then the poor police or so he goes to the cops and he's talking about that and it's just oh. like i don't know it's like
0: okay wait and, you know, the... oh i'm sorry go ahead didn't mean to cut you no, off no, no. okay no, I'm, I'm sorry I'm okay just, now funny. rick yeah, go ahead. Our, rick has actually come into chat because his his festival got canceled but anyway he um yeah sucks so he was saying what about the house of 200 demons now is that the house okay i heard chad was telling me a little bit about this oh, earlier yes. hey
1: hey hey, shh, 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 shh. that's yeah. my show this oh my god my okay shh, shh. mr Hale. we'll talk it. about Get it next. we'll Get talk about
0: it in 10 minutes people yes, stick around I, did.
1: I have a wait oh i have a note yes in indiana yes yeah in indiana. so chad so told
0: me about this earlier yeah. today and i'm like what the heck and i haven't gotten to to read anything about it, but when Rick just That's mentioned okay. it, I was like, okay, what is going on here? But let's talk about that in about 10 minutes yes. or so.
1: Yeah, I have like a two, like a page and a half. It's from Akron Paranormal Examiner, but yes, oh, okay. we are going to touch on that on my show. Isn't it exciting?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, we got a message from yep. Patty. Okay, Patty's listening. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Patty. Hey, um. Oh, Rick Rick Di- Dryer or Rick Dyer? Wait, did, am, I, am I reading this right? Oh, Chad mm. typed Dyer. Patty Typed dryer, but anyway, Rick, somebody or other. Um, apparently, this is one of the ones who hoaxed back in, you know, two thousand oh, and eight, oh, and he's oh, the oh. So one. He's who's, the guy that was the, one of the mm, guys? one of the ho- hoaxers, and he's the one who's come back now and said this. And I don't know really much about this guy at all, but apparently he's been trying to pull some stuff for a while. I guess I don't know. It <laughs> just... I don't
1: know what's going on in the chat there, but Rick's not going blah. <laughs> so it was a, what, it what? Is because you're trying to spoil my story? Okay. Sure, I take up your show and I do a good job for you guys while you're gone, and this is the thanks I get. <laughs> yeah, that's, I see how it is. I see how you people roll around here.
0: Yeah, you got to be careful around here. I'll tell you.
1: Uh, I tell you. Yeah, that's I, I. I'm. I'm. I just. You know, we could talk about it over and over. I still don't understand how you would think that people like once they come, they have someone has to eventually come and look at it or see. Yeah. It. So. Yeah
0: yeah exactly and it's like I'm not going to be this time around I'm not going to be fooled I better have like some top scientist (laughs) right you know having right you know something in writing that's then then maybe I'll believe it but
1: the the most interesting thing I ever saw on Bigfoot was Mm -hmm. like on Destination Truth um, where they went and they got like the the, the footprint and then they got like some hair samples which didn't match to anything Mm -hmm. I mean that was kind of interesting because it actually was checked out and they couldn't figure it out you know what i mean yeah so that i thought was interesting but there's just so much that's out there and it's like i don't know you know it's like you know, we keep running around looking for him mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it's not that i don't believe that he's not out there right but you know with 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 everyone else saying the same thing as i was like okay now why
0: mm-hmm.
1: have we not found something by now
0: well okay and here's the other part of that oh by the way patty says hi chuck Um, (laughs) we okay so Chad and I talk about this all the time well not all the time Mm -hmm. but occasionally so really Chad has a theory or or he even just discusses this about other dimensions and cryptids coming Mm -hmm. through portals or other dimension you know entryways or whatever so maybe the reason why they're not you know caught is because Mm -hmm. they don't they don't die here
1: (laughs) I was going to say that they don't die here (laughs) They don't die here, Chuck.
0: It's just that okay. simple. No, I it's don't just know. It's that
1: simple, Cheryl. Cheryl says it. If Cheryl Knight that's says it. to people, pay attention. <laughs> they just don't die here.
0: I think that's a really good thought because no, it true. would explain a lot. That's you know, yeah. I never even
1: thought about that. Chad, way to go. You were the... Yeah. Man, I thought I was out of the box. That dude is out of the box even farther. hmm So I want him to tell me, too, does he think Bigfoot wears red shoes? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm sure he does with their their pumps. Actually, he wears pumps, red pumps.
1: <laughs> red pumps? Now that, now that would scare you, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would actually horse, be really scary. Rifle, and a bigfoot tickles trips yeah. by with like you know red shoe pumps on. Okay, down, yeah. so
0: Elaine Holding really, a pizza. yeah, Elaine in the chat hit the nail on the head. Jeff Meldrum himself <laughs> would have to sign off on this dead book bigfoot for us to believe, right?
1: There you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. We have to have Agreed. irrefutable proof. I mean, you know. Don't even say it if it's if you don't have anything. What why what's the point? So people can I, I mean, okay, I could get it the first time, you said cuz you just want attention cuz people like yeah. to get attention. Okay? Yeah. Sorry, right, so you got attention, and now everybody knows you're a boob. So, I mean, that was really bad attention if you ask me. So, now we're going to do it again. So, hey, people, I'm not a boob, I'm a big boob.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Good. That's a good <laughs> yeah, summary.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, it's weird.
0: Yeah. We'll Anyways, see. We'll see what I guess, happens.
1: Uh, I guess it's time for us to wrap up, huh? It is. We have to wow, that was a Chuck guy. That show. was an excellent know.
0: show. Thank you so much for sitting in. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, and no um,
1: problem. hopefully, Carol will feel better. You know, yeah. and she can come back and take the reins because you know, <sighs> two three hours out- is a lot, man. I'm just an amateur, you know.
0: Three hours, Chuck. I mean, I don't know how you're gonna get through the next hour. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's don't know. for I me. to a po-
1: I need a. I'm gonna announce that I need a potty break though. So yeah. I'm just gonna announce it. All right. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna end on this note. You have been listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Network. I am Chuck G. I want to thank everyone for listening this evening. Stick around for the next hour because In the Dark Radio comes up next, and that other guy, Chuck G, he's as cool as I am. So good you night, everyone.
0: Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio? Email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.